Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the church behind the program, how to contact us, and to learn more about the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 5, 22-24, called The Fruit of the Spirit. Isaiah 27, 6 says, In the days to come, Jacob will take root. He speaks of Israel here. Israel will blossom and sprout. They will fill the whole world with fruit. Isaiah 27, verse 6. Interestingly enough, the land of Israel that was barren at one time was literally underwater in many places, has, be, has blossomed again. I think right now they are the third a uh, major exporter of fruits and vegetables to the whole world. Israel, which in some people's lifetimes and uh, in many of our lifetimes, that's when they became a nation again. It was barren. And in 1948, they became a nation again. In 67, they took Jerusalem back again. And now they are blossoming again. If you want to read Ezekiel 36, you can see how a prophecy is spoken in the last days, how the land will blossom again. That land becomes a picture of the church's life, if you will. How God can take barrenness. You know, many of us came from brokenness and barrenness. And there's so many faith stories represented in the people that are watching right now where God took you from brokenness and things that were barren, unfruitful, and has caused you to blossom. And you have been now uh, ministering to other people and blessing them in your life. I want to give you one example as we set the table here for this uh, particular teaching, and it's in Genesis 49, first book of your Bible, Genesis 49. And I want to show you just quickly, this is a prophecy that Jacob uh, speaks over his family, and he is referring to Joseph here. This is Genesis 49, all the way at the end of Genesis, verse 22. He's been going through the different family members and speaking prophecy over them. And here's what he says of Joseph. And if you remember Joseph's story Joseph was favored by his dad, sold into slavery, had many bumps and bruises, and then he became fruitful again uh, at the end of his life and, of course, even in the middle of his life. And uh, Jacob prophesies over him and says, Joseph, Genesis 49, 22, is a fruitful bow, a fruitful bow by a spring. Its branches run over a wall. The archers bitterly attacked him. Joseph had some tough times and shot at him and harassed him. But his bow remained firm, and his arms were agile from the hands of the mighty one of Jacob. From there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. From the God of your father who helps you, and by the Almighty who blesses you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath, blessings of the breasts and of the womb, the blessing of your father, uh, blessings of your father have surpassed the blessings of my ancestors up to the utmost bound of everlasting hills. May they be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of the one distinguished among his brothers. Joseph had his bumps and bruises, and maybe you're in a season where it's been a little bit difficulty, but you could be coming into a season of fruitfulness because God often use, uses barren times and hard times to lead us into times of fruit. Let's turn back to Galatians chapter 5. Now you might be asking, well, what is this fruit of my life? What, what should I be looking for? 
Well, I think one of the things that we should be praying is that we be filled with the Spirit and we would be filled with the fruits of the Spirit. And these fruits are actually uh, in a singular form. Some would say this is a bouquet because it's a collective word. And it's in Galatians 5.22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, and it starts with love, and it ends with self-control. I was reading a commentary this week, and you know the temptation of every, every pastor is to break down each and every fruit, and I'm not sure that that's what you need necessarily or what I need. Uh, so we'll kind of take a helicopter view of each of the fruits, but let me just say to you that the preeminent fruit, many scholars would say, from which all other fruits flow is love. You could say that Christ is the foundation, the Spirit is the uh, the trunk of the tree, and the preeminent fruit that's going to come out is love. It's the main branch, if you will, from which all other fruits flow or are connected. And we can see this in a few verses in Galatians 5. Take a peek in verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, note it, but faith working through love. Skip down to verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, is love. The last fruit of the Spirit in this list is self-control, and some scholars believe that that should get our attention in that it's the last thing in the list. And maybe you could think of it this way. The fruits are uh, divided or they're bookended by love and self-control. Each of the fruits are what God is. So God is love. Several passages in 1 John say that. God is love. So we would expect that one of the main fruits that will come from your life, if you are abiding in God, His Spirit has preeminence in your life, is the fruit of love. Let me just ask you right now, is that coming out of your life? Are you known by love? If someone were to be asked, one of your neighbors, one of your close family members, a person who works with you, what, how, what fruit would best describe so-and-so? Hopefully love or loving is going to be somewhere in there. Hopefully self-control is going to be somewhere in, in there. Maybe it's patience. You, you might be more known by one fruit than another fruit, but the preeminent fruit is love. Is that coming out of your life? And how does the Bible define love? Love is sacrificial. Love is self-giving. Each of these fruits means that you've crucified the flesh. And if you think about the list of the fleshly things, they have to do all with self. So the, the fruits of the flesh are a uh, consumer mentality that what I want in my life is self, 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 and more self. I want to be able to do what I want to do. And if I don't get my way, I'll have an outburst of anger and I'm going to be out of control. And maybe for some of you, you could say, you know, when, when someone walks into the garden of God, uh, maybe I'm one of those trees that's a mystery from one day to the next. We don't want to be that, right? We don't want to, you know, have people walk 
up to us and one day we're bearing fruit and the next day, you know, they don't know what they're going to get from us. But this is the battle. And the more we give reign to the Holy Spirit in our lives, the more we get into our Bibles, the more we worship, the more we pray, the more we're about the things of God, the more fruit is going to come out of our lives. It's just simply that that plain, that simple. So the fruit of the Spirit is love. The last fruit is self-control. Think of these as bookends. Think of these as ways that you could quickly identify, you know, what's going on in your life. Let's just spend a little time with the first fruit of the Spirit, which is love. And by the way, let me just mention that you can see the, the word fruit is singular. Karpos is the Greek word if you're interested. K-A-R-P-O-S. And uh, this particular word here in this setting has to do with that which the Holy Spirit generates. It's the fruit, notice, of the Spirit. And the word love is agape. Karpos, the Greek word for fruit, is the fruit of trees, vines, and fields. The fruit of the loins, it could even speak of. It's what originates or comes from something. It's the effect or result or work here of the Holy Spirit. Fruit is in the singular and may indicate that the fruit is unitary, says one writer, or it may be a collective noun. I heard another pastor say we could think of it as a bouquet of fruit. And so it's all interconnected one to another. For example, joy, you could say, is love singing. It's love praising. It's love exuding. You could say that kindness is love's touch. That's why love could be the main branch and everything else flows from it. It's the love of God moving through our lives. It's us knowing that we've passed out of death into life because we love God's people. If we are void of that fruit, we got to go back to the root. We got to ask ourselves if we're in the faith or if we're walking in the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is love and they will know us by our love. In John 13, Jesus uh, did something that is so amazing that I want to park here for a few moments. And as we define words, Let me try to at least illustrate a few of them and let me illustrate love in the person of Jesus Christ. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Uh, We are to take up our cross and follow him. So there's a connection between that sacrifice and how we are to walk out our lives. In John 13, we don't have to turn there because I think you're familiar with it. Jesus stooped down and washed the disciples' feet. In a previous men's Bible study just in the last week and a half or so, we studied John 13 in depth. And Jesus took the place of the lowest slave and he began to wash each of the disciples' feet. I told the guys a story from a men's retreat some years ago. Our beloved Paul Hicks had an idea of a literal foot washing at a men's retreat. We had rented a home in Big Bear and there was probably, I don't know, 30 or 40 guys up there. And we made a literal foot washing, one of the things that we would do. And I have to tell you that it was a bit uncomfortable, to say the least, to have another man wash your feet. It was, uh, it was something where you had to take on some humility, even in a willingness to do so. And I remember some highlights from that retreat. It was, it was some years back, but I remember 
Paul coming to me and washing my feet. And you know, the way Paul is, Paul would even kiss your feet. And he was crying as he was washing people's feet. And uh, some people were a little hesitant. Some people said, I'll, I'll pass. I'd rather you not do that. Do you know that Peter, when the Lord came to him to wash his feet, Peter said, no, you will never wash my feet, Lord. And the Lord said, Peter, if I don't wash you, you have no part in me. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Our mission is to equip you with the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we hope to give you the tools to easily explain the Christian faith to your friends and family, and to see how scripture applies to today's issues, trends, and cultures. Your $5 donations have helped us broadcast on the station you're listening to now and the podcast app you're using too. To be honest, we're actually broadcasting on less stations these days, but we hope to change that. We need more monthly partners to help us grow and move forward in our mission. Can you become a $10 a month partner? We're looking to the future and knowing you'll be there with us when the time comes to grow is reassuring. Please become a $10 a month partner today. Visit walkintruth.com and click on donate. That's walkintruth.com and click on donate. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. I remember some highlights from that retreat. It was some years back, but... I remember Paul coming to me and washing my feet. And you know, the way Paul is, Paul would even kiss your feet. And he was crying as he was washing people's feet. And uh, some people were a little hesitant. And some people said, I'll, I'll pass. <laughs> I'd rather you not do that. Do you know that Peter, when the Lord came to him to wash his feet, Peter said, no, you will never wash my feet, Lord. And the Lord said, Peter, If I don't wash you, you have no part in me. Now that washing of the feet was symbolic of what Jesus was about to do the next day on the cross. He was giving an image of how he had come down out of heaven, set aside the prerogatives of deity for a season, if you will, all the, not all of them, but some of the prerogatives of deity. For example, he got tired and God doesn't sleep. He had to walk around. You you get what I'm saying. And that act of, you know, setting aside his outer garment, taking the basin, washing their feet. And amazingly, uh, as he washed each of the feet of the disciples, he also washed the feet of Judas. And this wasn't a prepared moment in this Bible study, but it just hit me. Could you wash the, the feet of your worst enemy? It's tough enough going back to that men's retreat, just to think about washing the feet of someone that you love, someone that you know, someone who has worn tennis shoes instead of open-toed sandals on dirty streets in Jerusalem. But could you do it if the man or the woman was your worst enemy? 
What if they unlace their high tops and the expectation is that you would wash their feet? Would you do it? Would you do it knowing that they were going to turn around the next day or the next few hours and, and bite you in the back and turn on you and betray you? Jesus said, what credit, it, credit is it to you if you only love those who love you? That's what everybody does, paraphrase. Even the pagans do that. But I tell you, love your enemies. You know, whatever Jesus said, he actually practiced. And here he was loving a man who had made himself Jesus' enemy. That's not, I don't think, we would argue that's not what Jesus wanted for him, but he made himself God's enemy. See, if we're going to come into a season of fruitfulness, brethren, let us love the way God loves. You see, the fruits I'm talking about, the fruits that the Bible's laying before us are not the things that the average person can just produce. You love me, I'll love you back. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. We've been called to love one another and to love just as I loved you, John 13, 34, 35. So you should love one another. And again, he shares that in the upper room discourse right after the foot washing, right before he's going to die for them. And some of you take a deep gasp right now and say, impossible. Amen. I feel you. This sort of love in and of myself, I can't do it. I can't produce it. But Christ living through me, if I've been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, Galatians 2.20, but Christ who lives in me and through me, now this fruit comes. Example, our author. He hated the church. He was on a mission to destroy God's people. He got the letters from the chief priest on his way, uh, doing his share of damage, voting against Stephen so that he might die. And what does the man do later in his life? He gets beat up in Jerusalem by his own people. The Roman soldiers have to take him up some stairs just to keep him from being killed. And he asks, can I speak to the people? And he begins to share his story. After he's been brutalized by the mob, he begins to share the story. And he says, I was just like you. I made it my mission to destroy this movement. But I was on the road to Damascus and a bright light shone. And you know the story. I got knocked off my high horse. I heard a voice and it was the voice of Jesus. And he commissioned me to bear fruit. What if Saul would have died without that conversion? What would the fruit of his life have been? Think about if Christ didn't intervene in your life, if you hadn't seen the light, so to speak, if you hadn't been converted to the faith. Now you could say, well, I could have still lived a good, fruitful, positive life in one sense. Maybe so. Maybe, maybe you could produce some, some things, but you never would produce things that have eternal value. You can't. Because apart from Christ, you can do nothing. This is what the fruit of the Spirit is about. It's about the life of God using an individual as broken as we can be, as sinful as we can be, 
as fickle as we can be, planting us as oaks of righteousness and saying, now you are going to bear fruit unto me. It's not going to be about you and your kingdom anymore. It's not going to be about you and your flesh anymore. It's going to be about me and my kingdom. It's amazing what God can do through a life. Love is the key. Love, or let's put it this way, joy, and this was... uh, shared by um, a pastor of days gone by. He said, joy is love singing. Peace is love resting. Patience is love enduring. Kindness is love's touch. This is Donald Gray Barnhouse. Goodness is love's character. Faithfulness is love's habit. Gentleness is love's self-forgetfulness. And self-control is love holding the reins. Each of these fruits was seen in the life of Jesus Christ. He was the most loving person that ever lived, the most joyful person that ever lived. He had the oil of gladness above his companions. I think Jesus was fun to be around. Now, I don't have a bunch of verses that I can point to on that, but but the book of Hebrews says that he had the oil of joy or the oil of gladness. He has made me glad. You've been listening to The Fruit of the Spirit, Part 2 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 5, 22 through 24. And remember, if you missed any part of today's program or other teachings in Galatians, you can listen to Pastor Michael's teachings on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. As an FYI, Pastor Michael is the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship here in Corona, California. And you're invited to attend our Wednesday night and Sunday morning services in person or live streamed on YouTube. Join Pastor Michael in the Living Truth Christian Fellowship family in worship and for an inspiring teaching in the Bible. You can find Living Truth Christian Fellowship on YouTube and by going to walkintruth.com. Pastor Michael and all of us here on the Walk in Truth team would love it if you joined us. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, I was in a Bible study earlier today with a group of about 20 men. And one of the things that came out in that study, we're studying the Holy Spirit and his ministry in our lives, is the fact that we can pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And by the way, we can pray that multiple times a day. And in fact, Ephesians 5.18 says, Be ye filled with the Holy Spirit, and has the the idea in the original language of be ye kept being filled. I think the more you pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit, the more you're saying, Lord, take control, or to put it another way, the more you pray to be filled with the Spirit, the more you'll manifest the fruit of the Spirit. This is how it works. And so you may be saying to yourself, you know, you know, lately, I don't feel like I have all the fruits of the Holy Spirit in my life. Am I still a believer? Well, you know, God knows if you're a believer, but look, if you're asking the question, you're... I, I would imagine you're a believer, but you just want to have more of the fruit, more of the Spirit's control in your life. And that's such a good thing. That's such a wonderful goal. And maybe this is the simple thing to remember. Lord, fill me with your Spirit so I can produce the fruit of the Spirit. Now, if you've been going through a hard time and maybe the fruit of the Spirit is the you know on the back burner because you're just struggling and you need prayer— you can reach out to us Tuesday through Friday during normal business hours here in Southern California 
at 844-48-TRUTH. We have a pastor on hand to pray with you, to encourage you, 844-48-TRUTH. And I want to take a moment to pray at the end of this broadcast. If you're driving, of course, keep your eyes open. But would you just join me in a moment of prayer? Father, our country is hurting. The church is hurting in many ways and in many ways divided. And sometimes it feels a bit powerless as well. But I will say on a positive note, I believe you've been purifying your church. And I believe that we see pockets of beautiful revival in the church. And I pray that you would renew that person's joy who's hurting right now. Maybe they felt like I've been joyless and hopeless. I'm a Christian, but I'm joyless. How could that be? Well, joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that you administer hope and joy to that brother or sister who's just feeling like, man, they're at the end and they don't know what to do. Hang on, my dear brother, my dear sister. Please reach out to us if we can encourage you, 844-48-TRUTH. I pray that the Lord will bless you, keep you. His beautiful face will shine upon you and he'll give you shalom. He'll give you peace. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow. One more thing, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $10 donation helps us broadcast on the radio, provide the podcast, and do free events about issues our society's facing today to equip you as a believer. So please give your donation at walkintruth.com. Now come back tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 5, 22-24, called The Fruit of the Spirit. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.